0: Oh, Recorded live. Hello, dear friends. This is uh, Bishop Dr. Lawrence Mamba here in Dallas, Texas. We are doing a broadcast here for our church in Plano, Texas. It's an online church with a vision to have a location and a fellowship established in Plano. We are so thankful so far by our sister, Alexi, who has been helping us uh, coordinate and arrange for a venue. And so once the venue is arranged, we will once again announce and we'll be having services in Plano, Texas. You know, in Zambia, I have a, a church there which I founded in 1985. When I came from Bible school in Nigeria, where I did my uh, uh, Associate of Arts degree study for two years, Uh, I worked with Archbishop Idahosa, the founder of Church of God Mission International in Benin City, Nigeria. Uh, His church has a membership of over 15,000 people. By the time I was there, his church was about 10,000 members. We had students from all over the world when I was in Nigeria. We had students from Ghana. We had students from uh, uh, the Cameroons. We have students from Kenya, Zimbabwe, South Africa. We had students from the Togo. We had students from mainly the, a lot of Western African countries. Those from Togo, we are studying in French because Togolese mainly speak French. And some of the students who came from Dwala also, uh, I mean Yaounde in Cameroon, they were also being taught in French. Um, as a school reigned, I was a senior school prefect at the All Nations for Christ Bible Institute. And on the day of graduation, I spoke at the commencement as the senior school prefect. And then on the day of the uh, graduation, I was also ordained to the ministry by Archbishop Idahosa together with another student from Ghana. Uh, We were ordained to the ministry by the Archbishop Idahosa. While I was in Nigeria, we went to many crusades. We had crusades in Enugu, in Port Akot, in Meduguri, in Calabar. these were big, huge meetings. We had meetings in Lagos. Um, the Archbishop many times would invite speakers who came over to Nigeria. And during my time, we had Reynard Bonke come and had me, me, meetings, joint meetings in Abuja. We had more joint meetings in Lagos. In Lagos, they were so big, the meetings were so big, there were so many people that it was estimated that we had over a million people gather at this big gathering in Nigeria. And then uh, we had also Dr. Uh, uh, Frederick Price come also to speak and teach I was with Doctor Price with the Archbishop because I was very close with the Archbishop. And being a school senior school prefect, I I first year I lived in the uh in the dormitory on campus. The second year I started living with the bishop at his own house. He gave me a car, a five oh four, uh five oh five Peugeot for my own use to drive while I was there. He sent me on many errands. i would do certain errands for him. Sometimes we travel together. Uh, he was very, very prominent and well known in Nigeria. He had a television ministry that ran in Nigeria, he had a, a radio ministry as well. Uh, the Ida Hosa Out, which was the television ministry that ran, he had broadcasts that went on out every Sunday. Now, during the service every Sunday, I'm the one who set the equipment in the church. I I, I work with the television department, so we'll set up all the monitors, we'll set up the cameras, we'll set up the microphones even for the choir. There was a friend of mine who came from Malawi, he was in the second year when I was in the first year, and we started working together in the television department so that gave me a big uh, boost and a big uh, implantation of the seed of radio and television well as the time went on after graduation i left nigeria uh traveled all the way up to cameroon and then on my way to kenya stopped over in nairobi no in fact i traveled from uh, um Lagos to Addis Ababa in Ethiopia then I connected from Addis Ababa Ethiopia to Kenya Kenya, Nairobi Kenya, then from Nairobi I went to Kinshasa Kinshasa in the Congo then Zambia Uh, many times when I went to Nigeria I'll stop over in Kenya in Nairobi and I'll be with Bishop Thomas saying he has a very big church of over 3,000 members. Uh, Bishop Thomas says, sometimes I would stay in a hotel in Nairobi, and sometimes he want me to live with him in his house. He was a very, very uh, cautious man, a very hospitable gentleman. I preached in his church, and shared with his overnight meetings. In Lubumbashi, the Congo, I had meetings in Lubumbashi very successful meetings of outreach there i then traversed and traveled at big crusades in the gabaroni in botswana the capital uh, city of gabaroni i ministered with my students there was this uh, missionary lady from uh, wales in uh, cardiff she came with her husband in zambia we became friends And whenever I went on overseas trips, this lady, Doreen Woog, would accompany me to these meetings. So when I had meetings like in Botswana, we flew together on the same plane, landed in the Gaborones, and had meetings for a full week. Um, This uh, pastor was a pastor in Gaborone, Pastor Mahome, uh, who is now going to be with the Lord, would host me. I went to the very village where the uh, uh, the president of uh, Botswana was born and grew up. It was quite very interesting. In South Africa, I had meetings in Blofontaine and friends of mine, a lady who was my deaconess in the church, an Indian lady, she invited me through to, to South Africa. And there I had interactions with various ministries and had very successful meetings. Many times I'll fly into South Africa. When I'm connecting, maybe flying to the United States or going to Europe. Uh, Eventually, I managed to uh, go to Wales, where I spoke in Cardiff, where this lady, uh, Doreen Wu, was from. I had a friend of mine who lived in Port Talbot in South Wales. He came through Doreen work to teach at my Bible school in Zambia. Uh, this Ernest Glave taught for three months at the Bible school, my Bible school, World Life Bible College in Zambia. He lived with me in my house for three months and taught at the Bible college. Well. When he went back to, the, to England, he invited me to go and minister in his church. So I flew to London. Uh, Ennis Glave picked me up from London. Then we drove this long distance from London to South Wales. We passed through Cardiff. Then we came to Port Talbot, where he lived. This is, uh, Port Talbot. is a, an old mining city. As we drove by, you could see all these defunct coal mines. And we went all the way up to his house. His house he lived up in the mountain with his parents. Uh, I would say the parents were a little bit shocked to see me, maybe. <laughs> uh, it looked like they never seen a black person. I don't know. But uh, the father was kind of a, very shocked, even with the mother. For the time I was there, they never came out really. Wow, finally, when I was about to leave, two days before I left Portabot, they came out. The father liked going, I think, hunting. The mother was just in bed. But, uh, you know, Ennis Greave took me to uh, Cardiff. We visited the place where Reynold Bonkey was trained. I never knew. And then uh, there, the Spirit of God moved so powerfully. I was very inspired to see how people can start their work like that in Cardiff, and build an orphanage to help missionaries who were broadcasting overseas. After that, well, I left Cardiff. Then I had a friend of mine who was a missionary in Zambia, and his name was uh, Lashkana Sandberg. Lashkana was from Sweden, and so Lashkana used to come to my house to spend the weekends at my house. He would come and preach in my church and minister. So, when his contract expired and he went back to Sweden, he invited me to go speak in Sweden. So, I left. I flew to London, London, then I connected to Vogoda. Vogoda is a city in Sweden. Lashkana met me in Vogoda. We went to his home. He lived in Vogoda. At this time, Lashkana was a principal, not so much of a think assistant principal of a, a school. And then uh, he had a connection of churches. In Vogoda itself, he was an elder of a church. Then in Arlingsos and in Kumla and in Hene. So while I was with Ashkena, uh, he took me out to these churches. I, first, I had a big tent meeting in Vogoda. Mainly it was the youth, young men, you know, uh, college students. They put up this big tent and I preached to them and spoke very strongly about the power of God. The next day, Lashkana took me to his school and I spoke to the students there in in, in his class. Actually, I spoke to two classes. These were young men and young boys, young girls. Actually, mostly I saw young men in those classes, young boys. And I spoke to them about Jesus and shared about the Lord. Then from there, we moved on. I preached in in Henne, a city away from Vogada. Went all the way up to uh, Arlingsos, then Kumla. These were big, huge churches. Um, but apparently, what I discovered was most of the churches there were not so filled like here in America, where you get a church packed. So it showed me that there was a, a great work to be done, like in Sweden. Uh, we needed a revival there. Then, uh, uh, Las Gale, you know, has a travel agency. He started a, a company. So he has travel agency. And so when I, I was going to Sweden, he would send me free tickets. He would send me free tickets. I would just go to an airline in Zambia and pick up a bunch of free tickets to fly to Sweden. Well, I continued my evangelism and went to Holland. Holland is... Uh, called us the Netherlands uh, Billy Graham was in Holland at that time so I was invited together with some of our friends from Zambia we went to Holland and uh, as we as we got to Holland we we lived in Utrecht as we lived in Utrecht uh, my friends and I went for the Billy Graham meetings in Amsterdam the meetings were in the evenings with Billy Graham but in the mornings and during the afternoon we would evangelize in the streets of Amsterdam in Holland we saw lives change there I remember a young man when we were witnessing in Amsterdam he was from South America and this young man apparently was so drunk then he had this friend who was a Dutch who lived in the Netherlands. And this young man said, you know, as we were witnessing to him, he said, "Me I don't care about church. I have two kids and a wife. All I do, I live by stealing. You see me here? I go break in big shops and steal and sell and get the money to feed my family. So this church business you're talking about, I don't know. So, we shared with him um, with my friend about Jesus, he invited him to the conference, which was taking place in Amsterdam, and that day, that young man the next day, because this other guy was from South America, he was so drunk, days he could hardly stand but apparently, the next day they came over to the conference, and we had a, a great time. I was so excited to see them, and you know eventually. This young man dedicated himself to follow Jesus. I don't know where he is now. I've never had contacts with him. But I do believe that the Holy Ghost took charge. Well, while I was in Holland, I went to Emelo. Emelo is a city far from uh, 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 Amsterdam going due east. You know, Amsterdam is a city that was reclaimed from the sea. Because Amsterdam was like an island. It was covered with water. And the people in Holland, to try and build the city and have more land, they started taking sand and burying the the, the waters. So in many places when you're traveling, the land is so flat and straight. (laughs) Oh, man, I had such a blast in, in Holland. The land is straight, you know. You rarely see these hills and uplifted. And the other thing I saw were the windmills. They have a lot of windmills in in Holland that help to uh, uh, generate electricity. And they have a lot of chocolate. Every place we traveled, along the roads, along the streets, there were big stands. And when you got there, there was nothing but chocolate. Chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. And so anyway, we ministered with my friend. We went to Emelo. In Emelo, it's a nice city, and we, when we got there, we found people by the beach. They were just having a nice time. And as we were evangelizing, this lady came up with her, with her daughter. And she introduced herself and says, I'm Mrs. Andrews. I said, which Andrew are you? Which Mrs. Andrew are you? She said, you know, have you read the book, God's Smugglers? And I had read this book many years ago. God smugglers was a a guy from Holland who bought a VW car and he would take Bibles to Russia. Because Russia being a communist country, this guy would drive this little Bidu car all the way up to the border. And the Bibles were not allowed in Russia. But as he got to the border, the Gestapos, who are the police officers in in Russia, are called Gestapo. The Gestapos would come to the car. They would check what he had, any bags that he had. He said "You pray one prayer. I said, God, you open blind eyes. Now make blind eyes, seeing eyes blind. And this Gestapo would check his, his baggage, and they wouldn't find even a single Bible. He says, but the Bibles were right in their face as they moved the stick. You see the power of God and the power of prayer. So I'd read the story of this man how we continue smuggling Bibles to Russia. And here is his wife telling me, I am Mrs. Andrews. I I nearly fell out. (laughs) I said to her, I said, hey, I've read your husband's book. I know Brother Andrews. I mean, the very trip we made to MLO, me meeting Brother Andrews' wife was the most profound thing to me. It moved me so much because I had high regards for Brother Andrew. I had high respect for Brother Andrew. And then to meet his wife, I couldn't believe it. But you see, that's how God works. He's a God of miracles and a God of wonders. Anyway, the ministry began to grow and God opened doors for me. I started coming to the United States. In 1986, I came to Washington, D.C., We had a big prayer meeting at the Washington Mall. Brother Jimenez, the pastor and bishop in Washington, D.C., invited us. We were pastors from Africa, in Europe, South America, and we met in Washington, D.C. So I came to the United States, and I was given a multiple entry to the country, and we were there in the mall, started to pray for the United States. After the prayer time which took us the whole week, I met a dear brother from uh, San Antonio. This is dear brother, uh, uh, Sammy Tipit. Sammy Tipit was a man of great prayer. He had written a number of books. I I introduced myself to him and I told him I'm from Africa, I have a young ministry that is growing. And I invited Sammy Tipit to come to Zambia. Sammy Tipit agreed. And from then on, we had contacts. While I was there, I met a dear brother from uh, St. Louis, Missouri. This brother had had a big ministry of outreach in Sweden. And I had been to Sweden, so we became friends. We started talking about the work. So eventually, um, the dear brother invited me to go to St. Louis. I accepted, and I traveled to St. Louis for ministry. I ministered in St. Louis itself, and he introduced me to other pastors. I met this uh, dear brother with a very powerful ministry there in uh, Crystal City. Now, between Crystal City and St. Louis, he had a big church, huge church. So this brother invited me and uh, introduced me to him. We met. We had a good talk. I was planning to bring him to Africa. Then I went to Crystal City, uh, and I was with a dear brother there. Uh, who uh, opened this church for me to preach in his church? I started preaching in the church. I preached for three days. And then uh, on my last day, he organized a meeting in a restaurant there in Crystal City. So I started ministering to church leaders, elders, and pastors in Crystal City in a restaurant. Uh, it was a very nice restaurant, I think, like the Benigan type of, you know, a restaurant, or the Black IPs. Anyway, After the ministry, the guy we left and I was to leave Crystal City, he gave me a check of $300. He said, dear brother, you know, uh, this is all I have and all that. I said, fine. Well, I moved on, went back to St. Louis, and I was with our dear brother again. And then he introduced me to another pastor who was from um, uh, Aeolia in Missouri. This place, I thought it was pretty close. So the guy came to pick me up from St. Louis. I thought we were going to travel maybe 30 minutes, but we kept on driving and driving and driving. It took us almost four hours to get to Aeolia from St. Louis, Missouri. But I was so excited to find this church brother, Gene Noteka is his name. He had a church in the woods I would say the farm area. You know, people so excited and hungry for Jesus. I ministered to the church in the evening and in the mornings. I had fellowship with his family. We talked a lot with Gene Noteka. I was there for five days ministering in the church. Finally, when I was leaving, he took me to his treasurer and they gave me $3,000. $3,000 for having been with Gene Noteka. I came back to St. Louis. And again, I was with a dear brother who was the head of that ministry there in St. Louis. He took me to St. Peter's in Missouri. St. Peter's is a city, just sister city, as it were, back-to-back with St. Louis. So I was in St. Peter's with this couple. They kept me in their house, and I started going to this life church. I ministered in life church for three services, and I lived with the family. Finally. Uh, I, I bid them farewell, I was leaving. Well, the, 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 this family, in actual fact, it was either Roland Smith, who was my chief host, or I think it was the family in St. Peter's. They took me for a tour of St. Louis. I went, I saw the Mississippi River. We went up the arch. You know there's an arch there on the Mississippi? It's a tourism arch. You go there, You it's free. I think you pay maybe a dollar, I can't remember now. But they got all these souvenirs there, then you go up the arch, you know, you can see the whole St. Louis from the arch, and you can see the Mississippi River too. But anyway, had a nice time there, came down. Then uh, they had, uh, uh, brother uh, Roland Smith had a friend who lived in North Roscoe, Illinois, and they were associate ministers. So he caught this guy, And his his son came to pick me up from St. Louis. The son lived in St. Louis. So I had to meet this man from Roscoe. So we drove with his son and daughter all the way up north. Again, I thought it was a short distance of driving. It was a long drive from St. Louis to Roscoe, Illinois. In the middle, we stopped at a McDonald's. Can you imagine? As we were driving, we could see nothing but Mm. farms. That's all. <laughs> there were farms to the right, farms to the left. We drove and drove and drove and drove and drove and drove. And drove. Finally, we got to this McDonald's, and then uh, the father was there, met us, and then we exchanged, took my baggage into his father's car, and we drove on with his wife to Roscoe. This guy had a huge house, very big house, like on a hill. This house was very big. The guy put me up in a room, and he took me to wash his car. We went, you know, to wash his car. Then he drove me up to this place and said, you know, Larry, here where we are now, we are almost at the border of the United States and Canada. I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, oh, that's interesting. But anyway, the next day, I ministered in their church. It's a beautiful little church, very small church, but this church is beautiful. It had crystal glasses all over. It was made of wood, but it's a nice little church. And there I ministered to a congregation of about 100 members. The power of God fell. It was a blessed time. Anyway, after all my time there, they gave me $200. I said, thank you. And he took me up to the airport. I flew from, uh, 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 from Roscoe, Illinois. I flew to um, uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. I was making a connection now to come back to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I flew all the way up to Washington, D.C., caught another plane and flew to Tulsa, Oklahoma. You know, I've had such interaction. I, I, I'll go to uh, Atlanta, Georgia. I'll be with the OPAC Ministries. There, I'll spend like two weeks in Atlanta. There was a family which kept me when I went there, and I would interact during the conferences. I also go minister. Then I had this uh, lady from Stockbridge. She became a partner and friend of mine. And through her, I opened an account for my ministry in Stockbridge. So I had an account at the bank, all the money that came in from my missions, from Wigo because I had an office in, in Belton, Texas, here in, in, in Texas, and Dan Keckley was the president of Wigo And so they arranged with the, uh, uh, the churches all around Texas and the United States. He did my newsletters, he did everything. And every money that came in, I sent it to this lady in, in Stockbridge and she put it in my account in Atlanta, Georgia. So when I was in Africa, I would write a check from Africa and I'll be paid in my bank coming into the United States. But you know, I traversed and crisscrossed the United States. This lady also took me up. I preached in many churches there in Atlanta, Georgia. Then I met a friend of mine uh, by the name of Wayne Clapp. Wayne Clapp invited me to go minister in his church in North Carolina. So after the conference in Atlanta, I got on the plane and flew all the way up to Greens, Greensboro, North Carolina. I was in Greensboro, North Carolina with Wenklap. clap didn't come to the airport. He sent his elder with his very nice, beautiful car. to pick me up. And I liked when I landed in, in Greensboro because it was the time of spring. As we were driving from the airport, the trees, the flower, the trees were so blended. The colors, it blew my mind. That was so beautiful. But anyway, we got to uh, Wayne Club's house. He had a beautiful big house. He was not home. He was at church. Finally, I went to meet him at church, and we interacted with the church. You know, he had a big building, fairly big building. Finally, it took me to see his sister, to see his brother. And we went together doing a a bit of shopping with Wayne Club. But the funny thing with Wayne Club, he never let me preach in his church, but I invited him to Zambia. He came and preached in my church. I put him on television. I put him on radio because I was on radio and television in Zambia. But, you know, ministry, that's how it is. Sometimes you, you find people who be so open to you, people who lay the red carpet for you, and you do tremendous things. And there are some places you go, people will be tight, tight with their money, tight with the facilities, tight with this, tight with that. But most of the people I, I ministered with in my crisscrossing of the United States were very generous. Finally, I met uh, Richard Roberts, the son of Oro Roberts, who had the Oro Roberts University in Tausa. Richard had been in, in, in Nigeria before. So that's how I met Richard in Nigeria. Then we became friends. So I flew to Tulsa, Oklahoma and met Richard, and we arranged for a big crusade in Zambia. Uh, Richard wanted the president of Zambia involved in the crusade. So while I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I sent a fax message to the president in Zambia. I informed him, we are planning with Richard Roberts to come to Zambia and hold a big crusade. He said, well, that would be great. I would love to be part and parcel of the big meetings you're going to have. So finally, I, uh, while I when I text the message from Tulsa, Oklahoma, to President Frederick Chiluba at State House in Zambia, things started rolling. You know, Richard Roberts gave me very high respect. Every time I came to Tulsa, he would send people to pick me up from the airport. He sent his right-hand men, actually. These were yeah, guys who were missionary. I remember I dealt with the uh, emissions director of his who arranged meetings with me. Uh, then uh, 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 I had various guys like, you know, who came to the airport and picked me up. So he put me up in the uh, uh, hotel that his father had built, right opposite Oral Roberts University. I'll stay in that hotel. I had lunch with Richard Roberts at the Italian restaurant. And while in the Italian restaurant, we talked about the meetings and the strategy he had for Africa. I told Richard, I said, look, while I'm in Zambia, Africa, I'm available. We can work together. So that's how the plannings were done with Richard Roberts. I left Tulsa, Oklahoma, flew back to Dallas, Texas. When I got to Dallas, I had a friend of mine here in Dallas, uh, who was Very, very, very hospitable. Uh, This was uh, a family, uh, the Lawrences. Uh, Lawrence with her husband, I mean, Gloria, Gloria Lawrence with her husband, Mark. Mark was a businessman. He was in the 500 year club membership very big, uh, very rich man. He had a big, big house also in Lake, Lakewood, Lakewood. So uh, Gloria, had been friends with the her mother. Her mother lived in Atlanta, Texas. And uh, Gloria would take me to see her mother in Atlanta, Texas. She moved to Mount Venon. I would go to Mount Vernon and visit her mother. She again moved and went to another place. So when I went to Atlanta, Texas, I went to her mother's church, and there I met the pastor of the church, who became friends. I ministered in the church, and then invited the whole church to come to Zambia, which they did. They came to Zambia. Uh, the pastor of the church was Dan, uh, Dan with his wife and some elders, like Dr. Christine Edwards, and others came to Zambia. But... Uh, Gloria Lawrence took me around, I went, she took me to Bob Tewton's church here in Dallas, she took me to Christ for the Nations here in Dallas, we traveled a lot. One time we drove, I drove with uh, Gloria all the way to Tyler, because we wanted to go see uh, this uh, uh, Shambach. I went to Shambach's base in Tyler, Texas with Gloria went to see his ministry. He was not available when we arrived, so the secretary took, took us in his office. He says, well, this is Brother Schambach's office, very beautiful office. Then she took us in the studio. She said, this is Brother Schambach's studio. He had these big cameras, big stage, beautiful studio for Schambach. Then from there, uh, he gave us, she gave us tapes for evangelism in Zambia. Now, Schambach was ready to come to Zambia for ministry. But then Gloria brought me back. We drove back again to Dallas, Texas. I went to Christ for the Nations. Christ for the Nations promised to help with our work in Africa. They said, we're going to help you roof the Bible college, which they did. They gave me $2,500 for that roof. Then Gloria herself. She took me, I went with her to the bank, and she bankrolled on me $3,000 in cash. It was a blessing. The open door in Dallas was so great. It helped our ministry and work in Africa. Then she had a friend who joined the team, and uh, uh, she also started supporting our work in Africa. So I've traversed here in the United States I've gone to, uh, like I said, Atlanta, Georgia, I've been to uh, uh, Roscoe, Illinois, I've been to uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, I've been to New York. In New York, I worked with Teen Challenge. I lived in Brooklyn. And the Teen Challenge at that time, you know, in fact, even up to now, they helped these guys who had been addicted to drugs and they would help them come off drugs. And so many missions trips I made to the United States, I'll stop over in Brooklyn, and then the, the principal of the school would schedule me to speak to the, re, the students who are going through rehabilitation. And I'll preach in the morning in the chapel, and then I'll preach in the evening again in the chapel. So while I was ministering there in Teen Challenge, I met a brother. This dear brother is a, an Hispanic brother from South America. He had a big church in Paxlop. He invited me to go speak one evening, and I went, and the church was backed out. It was a big church. I preached, and the power of God fell. The next day, he said, you know, man of God, I want to us to interact more, to get to know one another. So we went to a restaurant together. As we fellowshiped at the restaurant and ate, he said, "You know what? I want you to be coming more and more to the to my church. I want you to be coming here and help us with the work." I said, "No, as God makes me available and opens doors, I will be with you." So that's how our ministry grew there in Park Slope with our dear brother. Uh, his name was Reverend uh, Alexander. Something I can't remember now. Then while I was at that meeting, I was introduced to a pastor who was from uh, Staten Island. He was my namesake, Pastor Lawrence. Pastor Lawrence had a friend, missionary, who was from the Caribbean. She lived in Queens. So mm-hmm. Pastor Lawrence said, okay, look, I'll introduce you to this lady. She has a missionary working in, in, in New York. So I went and I met this lady. She lived in Queens. She said, no, 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 just come and start living with me, and you can have all the meetings you can have. So I moved to Queens. I started having outreaches there with her, preaching in her church, having big meetings. She had three congregations in Queens. I ministered powerfully. People came. There was this big church uh, of another dear brother. I went there for a men's conference. So I've had times of ministry, times of blessing, where God has really met me at my point of need. But you know, in Plano, we are planning to establish a work there. In Plano, our main aim is to reach the city, to heal the brokenhearted, to minister to to those who, who need to find refuge in Jesus. I'm a seasoned minister. Like I said, I've traveled a lot. I've been on television in Zambia. I preached every Sunday on television from 11.30 to 12 every Sunday. I was on radio, Radio 2. I preached every Saturday on Radio 2 at 11 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. My broadcast reached over 2.5 million, both in Zambia, Botswana, South Africa, and Namibia. Then I was on Radio Christian Voice. This is a station which is purely Christian. I preached for one hour every Saturday, Radio Christian Voice. So I've been in radio ministry for a very long time. And then my church, I've preached. I opened a lot of branches in Kitwi, a city in Kitwi. I opened a church there. In Kalulushi, I opened a church. I trained so many pastors. I trained over 110 pastors by the time I opened my Bible school. Excuse me. So as we go along, you know, and you say, oh, Bishop Mamba, I'd like to be a member of the church. You are very welcome. Like I'm saying, right now, we are looking for a proper venue in in Plano to start our work there. The work here is already running. We have a Bible school online. We are in the second year of students. The first year graduated this year. And then we have a second year running again this year. Well, today I'm not going to go so much into the way I was giving you an introduction of me and the ministry that God has given to my hand and where we are. And I hope on the next time I'll share more about the call of God of my life. Now, I'd like us to look in the book of Hebrews and chapter 11. Now, mind you, this is Paul writing to the Hebrew church, who were his kith and kin, he always said, I have a heart for the Hebrews. Hebrews and chapter number 11. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 2. For by it the elders obtained a good report or good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible verse number four by faith Abel offered to god a more excellent sacrifice than cain through which he obtained witness that he was righteous god testifying of his gifts and through it he being dead still speaks by faith enoch was not enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek after him. Amen. Now, dear beloved one, you know, this chapter I've read to you is a chapter of faith. Hebrews 11 is a chapter of faith. Now, why is it important for us to operate in faith? It's important, you know, like we are starting uh, and getting into the verge of running this ministry in pleno. People need to join us in faith, believing for big things to happen there. Firstly, you must believe that big things are going to happen in your own life. God is going to visit you. God is going to change where you have been and bring blessings upon your life. God is start, going to start to open doors, new doors financially. You're going to see the prosperity of the Lord come forth. You know, all of us have a beginning. We begin from somewhere. But using the faith that God gives us, we end up achieving great things in him. Here, the apostle Paul is reminding us, as now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Things hoped for. What are you hoping for? What do you want God to do in your life? Some will say, oh, you know, pastor, I want, you know, to open up a business. I want to get a new job. I want to succeed at school, you know, get a career that will bless my life. We have different needs. But the, the key factor is that that need that you have, you've got to believe that you got it. You see, faith works together with believing. Faith paints a picture of the things that you don't have. You know, I know of a man of God who I think he drew his church on a on a on a paper. The way he wanted his church to be, and the the, the way. He wanted his family to be, the way he wanted the members to be blessed. But the, 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 the primary thing he did was draw a picture of this church. He had nothing. And he started to believe God. In fact, even a, a Creflo Dollar, he preached about it one time. He said they want, himself and his wife, they wanted a house. He said they didn't have enough money to buy the house, but he drew a picture of the house that they wanted, and he looked at it every day and confessed that we're going to move in this house, we're going to have this house. That's faith. You paint a picture of who you want to be. You get a picture of who you want to be in life, in business, in your career, in education, whatever it is, and then you start speaking it, start claiming it, start saying it's mine. You see, when God spoke to Abraham, that he was going to be a father of many nations. He had not he had not even a single child. But Abraham believed God that he was able to do the things that he said he was going to do. That's the bottom line. We have to believe that God will do what he said he would do. And so as we get into the pleno, we are going to do evangelism. We are going to try and do door-to-door. We are going to put up some meetings and... Uh, They come together, where people can come and where people can come and, you know, share with us and we can introduce the work of the Lord there in Plano more clearly. But then we need dedicated people, people who want to see a change in Plano. Not only a change in Plano, but a change in their own lives. You want to see a change in your life? Come and join us. We're going to set up dates where we're going to meet. Like I'm saying right now, There is a facility where we're going to move. It's it's an established work there, a church, but they're going to give us an auxiliary room where we'll be meeting for fellowship and where we'll be sharing of the love of God. You need to be part and parcel of that. Sometimes we're going to book some of the the Marriott Hotel. They they have these uh, uh, hotels there on Plano Road and uh, George Bush Turnpike. You can see them as you are coming on Preston Road, Preston and the Plano Road. They, we, we had been there before. We talked to the facility owners. They can let us meet there Sunday. And uh, I'll post up invitations and uh, post them on Facebook. And then, you know, like I'm sharing here on the community call, on TalkShoe. And you need to come. Come with the family. Let's come and share. Uh I've traversed a lot in uh, in, in Plano. Uh, I found out there was a lot of people from Zambia who were very hungry for the Lord. They wanted a church where they can worship God. We are coming there. So I p- ask you, in the name of Jesus, to dedicate yourself in prayer, to start praying for this work, to start asking God's hand to abound. And so here Paul is encouraging the believers that the things they need, though they can't see them, They can see them with the eye of faith. That's what he means here. He says in verse 2, For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Who are the elders? The elders are the people who started the work of God years and years ago. He said they received a good testimony. What's a good testimony? They received a good report. Why? Because even though the things that God had promised them, were not yet manifest physically, they continued believing God. See, Abraham believed that he was going to have a child. Noah believed that it was going to rain on the earth and judgment was going to come. All these people, Sarai, believed that she was going to have a son. They were people who believed and did exploits because of faith. See, once you dedicate yourself to the Lord, and once the hand of the Lord comes upon you, you become the majority. No matter what the devil does, no matter what the demons try to stop you, you will still make it. I remember in Zambia when I was there and I'd come from the Bible school and started the Pentecostal Believers Church of God. We, there were six of us. We met in this elder's house and started a church. The next day, I went to the Ilwancha Girls Secondary School and spoke to the principal, who let us use the main hall. We started having church services in the main hall and began inviting people. That's how the church started to grow. Eventually, we had people in the city come to our church. Then I applied for land for the church. They called me for an interview at the council. The whole council seated, the district secretary, the mayor, and all these other people. And they asked me, they said, hey, Reverend but do you have the money to build the church? And tell you the truth, we had no money. I told these guys, I said, you know, I don't have the statements to show you that we have money. But one thing I can assure you is the things that we are saying we're going to do, we- we'll do that. I told them we're going to build a church building. I told them we're going to have a Bible school there. I told them we're going to have a primary school. I told them we're going to have a kindergarten and we're going to have missionary homes and we're going to have a school, a school that will help the community. Even without me showing them in a bank statement, just because of the words I spoke of faith, they believed me. And guess what? They gave us a five acres plot of land. And from then on, from that plot of land, we have built the Bible school, we built the church. Now they have a community school and an orphanage and a, me- a residence for missionaries and our own big uh, uh, faith mansion called the, uh, the House of Missions where pastoral homes and missions are executed from there. What am I saying? Barely believing God and trusting in him that what you believe will be done, will be done. It will be done. You know, it will be done because you believe that God is going to provide a job for you. It will be done because you believe that God will open blessings on you. You have to be in that state of believing. You know, when Jesus traversed the earth, the question he asked the person, he preached, he says, do you believe this? If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. That's what the Bible says in, the, I think it's Mark 9. It? If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. What does it mean, if thou canst believe? That means, if you can only believe, everything you so desire in your life is possible. So dear ones, as we start to the work there in Plano, let us believe for great things to happen, the sick to be healed, those with weakness in faith to become strong, people to grow in faith and become victims, a community that will build together with one vision, looking forward to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, above all, to help one another in times of weakness, and whatever comes on one affects us all. To be brothers and sisters in that community and focus on building one another up in the most holy faith and so if you are willing and obedient the Bible said you eat the, the good of the land here Paul says by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible so most of our things are invisible your home is invisible. Your car is invisible. Your, your, your job is invisible. But how do you bring them in the, from the invisible world into the physical world? It's by believing that it's yours. It's by continuing to confess and say, Lord, I receive my house. I receive my car. I receive my job. That's how it works. I remember when I was believing God for a car. I just came from a seminary. This is where I was. And it was new in Dallas. I'm seated in the living room watching television. The this advert came up on the screen. The company was had cars, they were selling. And they said, just dial the number and you're going to speak to an attendant. So I dialed the number and they had a pre recorded uh, uh, thing there. They asked me about my name, asked me about various things, my social security and all that. I presented it. The next day, I received a call. The company representative, a woman, said, Oh, Mr. Mwamba, I'm happy to tell you that you have qualified and you have been granted a brand new car. I left. I, I, I couldn't believe it. The first I thought it was, oh, maybe the. She said, I said No, Wait, did you dial this number? Were you on, on TV when we had another admin? I said, Yes. She said, Yeah, we have a brand new car waiting for you here. I left, I told my co I said, hey, man, there's a brand new car waiting for me. I said, where? I said, right here on 635. Uh, he gave me a ride, and I went there, and I met this lady. She went, she got picked the keys, and took me to the car. It was all brand new, covered in plastic and paper. She said, this is the car. She opened the car and looked at me, said, no, get in, that's your car, drive it. So I got into the car, I drove it in the parking lot, came out with uh we went suggested to do a little bit of a drive. We went and do a little bit of a drive and came back to the uh, uh to the dealership. And then she said, Okay, are you happy? I said, Well, I like it, man. I had no car, I needed a car here is a brand new car. So we went to she, to into an office. And I met some representatives there, signed a bunch of papers. And uh, that was it. In the meantime, they were sitting in the car. They put a big red bow tie in front and uh, gave me the keys. And I drove out of the DS35 Doge round dealership with a brand new car. It only had six miles. I went to the wicked place. Everybody said, hey, Larry, how did you get this brand new car? I said, because God is on the throne. See, don't limit God by your mind and the circumstances you are in. God can change things in a twinkling of an eye. All you need to have is faith, believing that what he promised you will come to pass. You understand? What he promised you will come to pass. But when you have that you know, drained way of thinking, When you're thinking that, no, you cannot achieve anything, things won't change. That's how it's going to be with your life. But when you have positivity in your life and say, hey, you know what? I'll make it no matter what. I'm going to see the glory of God. God is going to meet me at my point of need. It will happen. You see what I'm saying? It will happen. So I challenge you in the name of Jesus, beloved one, wherever you are, to start believing God for great things in your life and to know that God is for you and with you. Let me pray for you right now, wherever you are. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for soever is listening to this broadcast. Ask the grace of God to abound upon their lives. I say, let the presence of the Lord and grace of God abound upon them. Heal, touch those who are sick. Father, those who are believing you for great things in their life, give them that thrust of faith to believe the impossible. Lord, I pray, even as you said in your word, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Touch, my dear ones, those who are believing God for you, believing you for a house, believing you for a home, believing you for a car, believing you for a business, whatever it is I ask that, God, you provide it for them. And we pray for a seed of faith in the city of Plano, that, God, by your divine grace, you start to move by the Holy Ghost and the angelic host to fix us a place to meet, you will work a miracle by your power. You will work a miracle because you are the God of wonders and miracles. For without you, Master, we can do nothing. Therefore, I thank you and I bless your name. I glorify you for you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Thank you for the Word of Life Bible Church and the ministry that is going to help a lot of people here in the United States. It will be done by your power and by your grace. We give you honor and glory, Master. In Jesus' mighty name. As everybody agreed together, said, amen. Amen. Well, friends, wherever you are, you know one thing, in Plano, I'll be sharing every Sunday. I post a message. Sometimes within the week, I'll post a message. So check up and see where we are going. We're going to get into a series of study. We're going to study about... uh, our salvation. How did we get our salvation? We're going to study about the aspects of prosperity, keys to prosperity. We're going to look at deliverance. We're going to see how we can overcome the mountains and the, the, the problems that the devil throws in our path. We're going to talk about healing. We'll share about healing, how we can be healed when we are sick by the power of faith. We are going to, you know, on a journey. We shall be on a journey. And I challenge you the name of Jesus. To join us, um, this is a on a talk show. You know, you can call the number every time when I'm broadcasting. It's one seven two four 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 seven four four four, and my ID call ID is one three four one nine five pound. Now it will give you access to the broadcast, and wherever you are, you can even contribute while I'm speaking. You can say, "Excuse me, can I?" contribute and I'll give you time to contribute. You contribute and we share. Maybe you have a question, like when we do Bible study, I'll be doing Bible study with you here and you have a question. You are free to ask me a question right here online and I'll answer it and we'll move on. So therefore, dear ones, be blessed. Uh, It's been a great time sharing with you the word of God. This is Bishop Dr. Lawrence, Mamba with my wife Tarina, Mamba here in Dallas, Texas, signing off and saying, we're gonna be with you Be blessed, and God bless you, and bye-bye.